Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Mentium Matters podcast, where we talk about leadership, life, and the transformative power of mentoring. This is Solveig Brown, and today my guest is Curvy Burton. Curvy is the founder and CEO of The Road Before You LLC, a coaching and consulting firm that specializes in assisting business leaders and teams move to higher levels of performance and effectiveness. Kirby spent many years in the IT industry and has had leadership positions at General Motors, Electronic Data Systems, and Hewlett Packard. Kirby was awarded Hewlett Packard's Black Employee Networks Legacy Award in 2018 for his commitment to driving academic excellence and 21st century leadership skills in youth of African ancestry. Kirby is a founding member and past chairman of the Information Technology Senior Management Forum, ITSMF. At ITSMF, he was instrumental in developing programs to help middle and senior managers compete at the highest corporate levels. Kirby has been a mentor for Mentium for over 20 years. Welcome, Kirby. I am so <laughs> glad to have you as a guest today. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you, Solvay. I'm glad to be here. It's, um, it's, it's exciting to be uh, in, in the land of those who are breathing. So I'm, I'm happy. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm glad to hear that. Kirby, you have had such an interesting story. Can you tell me some of the highlights of how you got to where you are today and some of the memorable lessons you've learned along the way? Wow. Well, I don't know if I can remember all of the, the significant highlights, but um, one of the things I, I'll just start off with just saying, I, I you know, I consider myself a, a bridge builder, right? I help uh, people, uh, individuals and organizations get from where they are to where they want to be. Uh, and I haven't always been there. I, you know, I'm, I, I would say today I am really comfortable in my skin and uh, even though I've had, you know, ups and downs and twists and turns, uh, I found myself over time just uh, just being a giver. So, you know, I started off as a technical uh, person. I was a, a computer programmer, a systems engineer uh, early in my career, and uh, I had I was I was having lots of fun, uh, and that was that was kind of easy for me. It really was, and. Uh, I, I'll go all the way back to when I was in high school uh, uh, at Whirlpool Corporation. You know, they let some of us high schoolers come and, and do computer programming. So I got I got really familiar with Fortran and got really good at it. Uh, when I went to college, uh, I wasn't a computer uh, major. I was a math major, but I ended up because I was helping individuals with their computer programs and, and things like that, I ended up switching my major to computer science. So uh, that, was, uh, that was early in my career. So early on, I was a techie. Uh, I had a fun, uh, just one major project I had for General Motors that just was fascinating for me. And that was uh, the Buick Assembly uh, Complex. I led all of the, the, the development of all the systems that were integrated that would literally, you could bring raw material in one end of an assembly plant and drive finished cars out the other end. Uh, and the complexity of that project was, uh, was enormous, but uh, me and the team that uh, was assembled was just phenomenal in just 
and helping make all of the things happen from a, a systems integration standpoint. So that's the kind of fun I was having early in my career. Uh, wasn't so concerned or even thought about mentoring and, and, and coaching and those kind of things. Uh, I moved from being uh, an individual contributor doing technical things to uh, leadership and uh, account leadership was where I started to getting getting into uh, having to work with other people. I was like, it's easy working with machines. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's a lot more difficult working with people. Um, but I'll say uh, over time, I realized I have a passion for that. So uh, going from individual contributor to uh, team leader, supervisor, manager, uh, director, and then corporate leader, uh, was kind of the, the path that, that I've taken uh, and um, lots of stories and we can, uh, I'll probably talk about some of those as you ask me additional questions. But, um, but today uh, I'm, I run my own company. Uh, I, I like to say and think that I'm in my sweet spot, but um, I, I love you know, working with individuals. Uh, both as mentor uh, and coach uh, to uh, help others uh, just reach their full potential. Uh, I think that's that's my purpose is to help uh, those individuals and the teams uh, work to maximize their potential. Yeah, and mentoring is something that you are so passionate about. You know, you've been a mentor for over 20 years. Um, can you talk about that shift and how you became such a passionate mentor, such a great person with helping other people along their path? Uh, well, I think it starts with, um, you know, I, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm chuckling because I learned there's a difference between formal and informal mentoring, right? I learned this a lot of years ago. And, uh, but I didn't have, I didn't think about mentoring as something that was, was there. I remember having a leader who was helped me early in my career with little things like uh, how to organize a memo that's, you know, I'm a technical guy. Uh, but as a team leader, you had to do status reports and you had to do uh, reporting on what was going on. And she helped me tweak, you know, wordsmith, do things like that. Uh, and I started paying attention to that kind of detail. Uh, and I never thought about that as mentoring, but that's what she was doing. She was literally helping me grow. Uh, mm -hmm. So that's, that's an example, formal and informal. The first formal mentoring program that I participated in was a disaster. I, I'll oh. tell you, <laughs> me and my mentor just, you know, we just, it was a formal mentoring program. It was supposed to last a year. I think we met twice. I didn't know what to expect. And I don't know if that individual who was a, a senior in leader uh, knew what they were supposed to do, but uh, we did not even connect. Uh, lesson from that was, you know, in mentoring, you know, the mentee has to also be uh, kind of proactive, be aggressive, you know, to uh, do and lay out and reach for your mentor. Your mentor has agreed to, to do it. Uh, let's, you know, uh, what, how, I'm trying to think of the right word to say, um, you know, engage them, engage them. So 
first the first mentoring experience was not positive and i was committed at that point to never let that kind of thing happen again either for me or for anyone else uh, so so since then uh, i've just been yeah i had passion around helping others and i knew what the difference between formal and informal mentoring is uh, informal of course is you know you can ask anyone to be a mentor uh, I, I remember the, the movie, A Killer and the Bee, and they say she has, she has 50,000 coaches. Well, we have 50,000 mentors if we just reach out and ask someone to help us. Uh, and for me, mentoring is I've been there, done that. I've got the T-shirt and I can help you, with, you know, you know pass it by passing on success. You know, that's what mentors do, passing, pass on to their mentees the things that they've learned that have helped them be successful and that potentially will help that mentee uh, also in their career journey. Right. Well, I really appreciate that you used your own experience of, of not having a positive first experience with mentoring to make sure that doesn't happen for anyone else. So you have been an advisor of developing mentoring programs that focus on helping women and people of color successfully navigate corporate waters. You know, you're a past chairman and founding member of the, of the ITSMF forum, you know, whose mission is to increase representation of black professionals at senior levels in technology and to impact organizational innovation and growth. So can you give me some examples of how mentoring has impacted some of the people that you've worked with or some of the people that have gone through the programs that you've been part of? <laughs> um, uh, I chuckle again because uh, just recently uh, I've met my very first mentium mentee. Um, oh, by the way, she is a C-level executive today, right? All right, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And I'm just like blown away. And what she told me, uh, she said, you were the best mentoring experience I ever had. Uh, I had no idea, I didn't know what she was talking about. I said, why is that? And she said, because I look for someone who is different than me. And I look for someone who would help me grow and help me expand. And so here she was, she's white female, um, in, in a technology company, signing up to, with a uh, African American mentor uh, who, you know, was was a bit fl flipper, so to speak, uh, and we, she was you know, helping her mom, and and I had a family, so we had some real differences, but 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 we hit it off, and lo and behold, she uses that as a, as a testimony. Uh, I was I don't say I was blind to it. But for me, what I do is I pass on what I have to whoever it is I'm working with. Uh, so if I've got it, you get it. <laughs> uh, I don't necessarily pass it on that way. It's, it's always, always connecting the individual with where they are. So if I can reach them where they are and then help them with where they want to be, then, you know, we're on the right track. Uh, I started... Um, I was thinking about this. I, was, I started two um, formal mentoring programs. Uh, one was with um, the Black professionals at EDS, the company that I work for. Uh, the other was in ITSMF, which we talked about. Uh, mentoring was one of the cornerstones of ITSMF. 
uh, that we put in place 25 years ago. Uh, and we can talk about that story all day long, but mentoring is still a formal mentoring, still a big thing uh, within that organization with their uh, academies and what they do uh, in, the, in those programs. Uh, with the, uh, it was Unity in Action, the African-American group at, at EDS. Uh, we were essentially wanting to help each other be successful. Uh, so, so we started formal mentoring there. And formal mentoring was one year or 10-month program that uh, we matched a mentee with a mentor and helped them walk the path. Uh, same as Mentium. Uh, and so, you know, I, I, when I think about being a mentor in Mentium for 20 years, it's like, it doesn't feel like 20 years. Um, I can see the faces and, and, and the people that I, I've worked with. Um, I think most of them were successful. Some, you know, just were, you know, hit it, we hit it out of the park, like in the case of, of the C-level exec that I talked about. Uh, others, it was just kind of ho-hum. But I think the differentiator from my perspective is how much the mentee puts into the program. The more they put in it, the more they look to get out of it, the more they get out of it. And I, without, without question, I gain from every relationship, every match that I've ever had. Right. I love your story of your first mentee because um, it's something that our CEO, Lynn Sontag, always talks about. She always says mentoring happens at the difference. And that was such a good example of how you two had different perspectives on the world and created this really strong partnership that was really influential in her whole career and, and development. Um, you have also given a lot back to your community. You have been recognized by Hewlett Packard Enterprise, which awarded you the Black Employee Network's Legacy Award in 2018 for your commitment to driving academic excellence and 21st century leadership skills in youth of African ancestry. This is a huge honor. Can you tell me more about this work and the impact it has had and what made you decide to start this program? You know, um... I, I actually remember uh, the the year that I got involved with. Um, uh, it started with ITSMF, uh, and uh, at ITSMF, our mission was to fill the pipeline of with African Americans moving into senior management uh, in IT. Uh, and so, if you've and, and my picture was a pyramid of you know, lots of people kind of bunched at the bottom of the pyramid and just a few execs, you know, toward the top. You just think about the pyramid model. And I use the pyramid model a lot, but running down through that pyramid, I had in my mind this, this pipeline and people, uh, individuals were moving from one tier to the next by going up through the pipeline. So filling the pipeline of people upwardly mobile people moving into leadership in IT is what we're all about. That was the model. Uh, and that's still kind of the model we talk about today. And so reaching down with new employees, entry level employees and helping them, you know, kind of know the lay of the land uh, for, for me, people of color in a lot of instances, um, especially 25 years ago, were the first in their families who had participated 
in the corporate office, in the, in, 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 in business, uh, in a lot of cases. So the, we all needed help. We, we all needed help. And uh, one story I'll tell you is um, being a leader in a company, you get to sit in the room as we talk about who are the high potential and who's up and coming and, and who, who needs this and who needs that and that kind of thing. Uh, and in doing so, you know, we get to talk about individuals and it's easy for someone to say, you know, I like, I like Jane, she is a top performer. I think she should be the next one to be promoted. Uh, but when they say, but Joe, you know, he's got some rough edges. He, it looks like this and it would be great if he would do A, B and C. I asked a leader one time, I said, did you give him that feedback? Does he know that these are some of the things that he could work on to be better? And the guy looked at me like I was cross-eyed, but I was serious. And I said, well, do you mind if I pass that on to him? And he said, be my guest. And I did. You know, I talked to the individual and we ended up, and now that I think about it, probably in a mentoring relationship because he used to come back to my office to talk about, you know, how am I doing? This is what I did and that kind of thing. But for me to hold back information is not, it doesn't do, doesn't do us what justice as organizations, as leaders, and it doesn't help our people at all. So, uh, so that's part of what I felt and what I feel in me is if I, again, if I've got it, I'm going to pass it on and I encourage other leaders to do the same. And I encourage the individual, the, the, the coaches and the mentees, you know, go seek that knowledge, be a learner, be, be someone who is not afraid to walk the hallways and ask for assistance because I found this out from some of my peer mentors who are leaders. They said, you know, you, know, you won't, if, if you don't ask, you won't get it. You know, they can always say no, but you, you may get a yes. And in a lot of cases, when it comes to seeking mentors, if you ask, uh, you'll get, you'll, you'll be surprised sometimes as to what you'll get. Yeah, that is, that is such an interesting example because also people don't always know what they don't know. And so you're like, first of all, you have to be transparent and tell people, okay, these are things that you may, may be in your blind spot, but here are some things. And then also, I've, I've, you know, throughout this interview, you've talked about taking your own matters into your own hands and asking the questions and, you know, keeping saying, what can I do better or what, or give me some advice on that. So, let me, um, let me oh yeah, add add something to the the story about um, about forming. I don't know if we we've talked yet about the HP example, but um, I'm going to go back to uh, the creation of the African American Employee Network. Mm -hmm. um, with that mindset, my mindset of helping others uh, in the in the pipeline. Uh, one of the things that I realize in first generation folks in business is a lot of times we're not comfortable. We don't, and we don't know why we're not comfortable. It's just, it's unfamiliar territory. So, so forming an organization to help people be more successful is, is what we're trying to do. Not to be radical in the business world, but to be able to give our, our best selves, bring our best selves to work uh, perform at our best, uh, and then 
B, uh, help people understand that when you're performing at your best, you're delivering value, it's okay to ask for, you know, assistance, ask for help, ask for money, ask for the things that you know that you're, de you're deserving of if you're delivering value. So, so helping each other understand what value is, is what we were trying to do. And, and that's what we're encouraging folks to do. And that's why we started the mentoring program uh, at EDS. It was, it was some years ago, but that was, that was pretty significant for me uh, and for the others who were involved in that process in that program. Yeah, that is a great story of offering support and, and creating something to help others. And it seems like so much of your career, you have been doing that, you know, and you're consulting from the road before you, you help individuals and teams and corporations achieve their full potential. Um, you have developed a four-step process to help people envision, plan, execute, and adjust in order to be successful. And you've become, you know, an expert in this area. So can you tell me more about these four steps and how someone would go about using them in their personal and professional life? Yeah. Um, well, it's, it's, so I have a collection, uh, I'll call them tools, the tools, methods, processes, uh, every coach I think does. Uh, things that they do uh, when a, a, a client or a mentee gets stuck, how do you help them? Um, one of the things that I created, uh, I, I remember the year I did it, it was 2008. Um, I was thinking about uh, all the work that I had done in the corporate space, but I had not brought that work home, so to speak. And I was thinking about my legacy. And at that point in time, I had three sons. And how do I help them with things that I've learned, things that I know? Uh, and I packaged together what I, I labeled back then as goal setting for dummies, right? <laughs> uh, it, it literally was uh, in business, we, we talk about the as is, we talk about the to be, uh, and then we kind of bridge and map out how to get from where the as is to the to be. Uh, and that's a coaching model. And I took that model, simplified it, and created uh, what, what was goal setting for dummies, what is now the road to prosperity. <laughs> and the road to prosperity is, is anchored in um, something as simple as we have, we, we have characteristics within us that are, are always in play. Uh, and I call it the six dimensions of life. The six dimensions, uh, you know, we, uh, I ask my clients, I ask anyone using that model to uh, just you know, talk about where you are in each of these six dimensions. And um, example would be meaningful work, uh, financial independence are two of the dimensions. Uh, and say so they, they're always in play all the time. Uh, talk about where you are and then talk about, let's talk about where you want to be. Where do you want to be using the same dimensions uh, and go, go out? Uh, because a lot of times when people are stuck, they're stuck and they don't know it. They don't know what to do. And I said, so let's go out far enough where we don't have to worry about being stuck. You know, we go five years, 10 years out, you know, and let's talk about where do you want to be out there? Uh, and so we do a little vision creation. So that's one of the components, vision creation. Uh, and we create uh, where do you want to be? And now let's talk about 
the whether whether you want to call it the bridge or the roadmap to get from where you are to that spot. Uh, and we can chunk it up into into years or months or whatever makes sense given what we're doing and how stuck you are. But that's one of the tools that I use uh, with with my and, and I'm a coach, but I treat my mentees just like one of my coaching clients. Uh, I've kind of evolved there, so because of of, of my learning. But you know, you get on the road uh, and let's let's pave the path. Uh, I don't necessarily want to do it for them. I want them to do it. Uh, and so I, you know, I say mentoring is you know I've been there, done that, I've got the the T-shirt, and many times our mentees expect us to kind of give them the answer. Um, I learned early with, with my three sons is you don't give them the answer, you give them the choices and let them choose, right? Uh, that helps. And, and that's, that's what we do in, in, um, in coaching. We usually try to uh, let our, our, our coachee fill in the blank. You know, it's your decision. You got to live with, with it, but I can help you with that. So, so the road to prosperity is, is one tool. I have uh, a leadership model that I've developed. I call it the leadership pyramid. It's, it starts at, you know, if you're entry level, here's some things that you must do uh, to be a good leader. And as you mature, you know, here's some other things you want to consider. None of them ever go away. You just get better at things like, example would be self-awareness. You know, no, no leader it doesn't have self-awareness. So you've got to have that. So uh, self-awareness, then self-management, they go hand in glove. You're self-aware, now manage self to do simple things like show up on time, uh, do what you say you're going to do, uh, those kind of things. The other component that uh, most of us know about, but it doesn't necessarily come into play um, in, in, in everyday life is beliefs and values. Your core beliefs and values really set the tone for who you are, what you do, and how you show up. So what do we do with that? It's like, well, the road that you've laid out to get you from where you are to where you want to be must, should align to your core values. You know, you, if you are trying to do something that's different than who you are, you're never going to get there, or if you, you're going to get there and you're not going to be happy. Uh, so understand who you are, again, self-awareness, self-management, uh, and then apply that to whatever it is you're trying to do. Yeah, those are such good reminders of, of kind of the importance of being aligned with your values and then um, having the tools to figure out how to get from where you are to where you want to go and then the support to help you execute those plans and, and then adjust as needed. Um, in one of your interviews, I've heard you use the term rhythms to talk about work-life balance or work-life integration. Um, you know, that's an issue a lot of people struggle with. So can you describe what you mean by rhythms and um, how you recognize what your rhythms are in work and life? The, um, it's, it's very, very often that uh, a, a mentee will ask about work-life balance because they're, they're feeling stress on the job. They're feeling stress at home. Uh, they, um, you know, 
for whatever circumstances, they're, they're just, they're feeling stressed and they're feeling like they're out of balance. Um, and, and I, I learned this, I grabbed this from, believe it or not, from my pastor uh, in a sermon he, he did. Uh, and he said, we, we need to know, and we should know the season that we're in, the season of life that we're in. That becomes really, really important. And examples of season would be uh, if you are, uh, if you've taken on a new job, uh, you got a new assignment, that means you're in a kind of a new season, right? Um, you are a newlywed, new season. You're now, you know, together. Uh, if you go back to school, you know, a new season. Why do I call them season? Because you have to make some adjustments from what you have been doing to what you are doing. So those are seasons. You the empty nester to retiree to whatever it is you're moving to. You're switching seasons. So know the season that you're in, and then you know find a rhythm for that season. Uh, back to the example: if you're going back to school, you're gonna you know you're working on your MBA, so to speak, uh, as an example. Then that's going to take a lot of your time, a lot of your focus you're going to adjust and take away from uh, the other areas of your life in order to invest in that during that season. That season may last one or two years, but during that period, you've got to focus there. You've also got to have the things around you that support you. If you're, if you have, if you're in a significant relationship, you know, your, your spouse, your partner, you know, helping you in, in that space. So that's the season. Um, and having a rhythm for the season is what you want to do. So it's not work-life balance that's the, the, the magic answer. It, it, is, it depends on the season you're in, what you're trying to do, and what your areas of focus. Now, if I go back to one of the other tools I talked about, you know, these, these dimensions, six dimensions of life, you know, they're always in play. And so when you think about the season and the rhythm, you're adjusting throttling back on one, throttling forward on another, so that you have the right rhythm to get you through, successfully through that season. So that's that to me is that conversation that we have around work-life balance. And then we can talk about the season. We can, we can unpack that to talk about priorities and, and, and that kind of thing. That is a great analogy. I really like that framework of seasons and rhythms to think about those things and think about what is your priority for the whole season, not just each day or each week, but just in general. Mm -hmm. So Kirby, we have time for three final questions. The first of the last questions is, do you have habits that you feel have contributed to your <laughs> success? Oh, um, I'm glad we just talked about season because, you know, <laughs> uh, looking a term that I use a lot is um, I, I, I have rear view mirror vision, right? <laughs> <laughs> I, looking backwards, I can look at all of the mistakes I made and things that I haven't, that I didn't do. Um, one of the things I did learn is, is um, collect the nuggets um, from, from, you know, mistakes that made, you know, um, things that, that have happened. You know, what did you learn from that? What were the nuggets? You know, leave the bad stuff behind, take the lessons and, and, and use them going forward. 
that's what I pack into these tools that I've been talking about. These are lessons. These are these are vehicles that are built on some of the things that I did or I heard someone else do, and, and I learned from. It. So uh, I've been a student of of my my community. Uh, my community is is really really important. So my when I I start that off that way to say um, when I think about routines, I was one who hated routines. You know, I just, it's like you're trying to, someone's trying to control me or manage me. Um, today, I have a routine. <laughs> I, I wake up in the morning, I do my, 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 my prayer, my meditation, I do my, my, my mindfulness. Uh, I get centered. I get centered. I do my, yeah. I do my workout uh, and I get I get in a place where I'm ready to start my day. So being centered is something I've learned uh, and I practice uh, and I'm a student of mental fitness. And so part of mental fitness is being able to uh, literally go from the negative emotions you may be feeling to positive emotions uh, and having enough self-control and self-management and self-awareness to do that uh, in a graceful way. So, oh yeah, um, thank you for sharing those routines and, and and collecting nuggets. I really like that too, of letting all the other stuff go, but but leaving the nugget of what you've learned. So, what would your advice be to up and coming leaders? Well, um, I've already talked about buying mentors, and they're all over the place find mentors. Uh, if you are fortunate enough, and I use the term fortunate because everyone can't, doesn't get into formal mentoring, like with a Mentium. Uh, Mentium is a great, great program. Uh, and I say that because I've been involved for over 20 plus years, so I believe in it, right? Find, um, find if you can get in a formal program, do so. If you can't, find mentors, you know, ask people who you admire, who you think can help, uh, will you mentor me? Um, they're going to say, what does that mean? So think about what you what want them to do, but, but ask. So that's one. The other thing that I wish I could have done and I wish I would have had was a coach. I, and, and I mean a professional coach. So find a professional coach. You don't have to be in they're alone. Many times as leaders, as executives, we've got decisions we're pondering. We've got things that we're trying to do to be successful, and we're trying to do it all by ourselves. Find a coach, someone who can help, that you can bounce things off, that, can, you can, that will walk with you and partner with you. Uh, and, and I say find a professional coach because you know, uh, Pookie, your, 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 your good buddy from high school is not necessarily a good coach. <laughs> so, <laughs> right. Oh, that is, that is great advice. Um, and then final question, do you have a favorite saying quote or motto? Oh my God. What that's, that's, I have a lot of them. <laughs> uh, I, I used to, uh, it, it hit me one time. Someone says, you know, well, he didn't have common sense or he said, no, she's got common sense, you know? And then, and then I heard someone say, well, you know, common sense is not always common. And it's like, oh, that's true. Okay. That's, that's, I got that one. 
um, learn from your mistakes. Um, the nuggets I we've already talked about. Um, don't sweat the small stuff. And it's all small stuff. Uh, those, uh, the golden rule, the golden rule, yeah. do unto others as you uh, want them to do unto you. Um, one, one for leaders, uh, just know that you can't promote yourself. You have to be sponsored up. Mm -hmm. You can't promote yourself. You have to be sponsored up. Um, that's an another long story, but it just means remember that, you know, you're, you're, you're being seen in the organization. You know, someone's going to reach down and, and help you up. Uh, so understand that, you know, and it's, it's not about brown nosing. That used to be a term that I couldn't stand, but I didn't know why, but it's, it's about building relationships and having a reputation for success. So you can't promote yourself. You have to be sponsored up. Uh, the, the last one that, um, well, let, let me stop there. I'll stop there. Okay. Uh, that's, that's, well, those are all great quotes and mottos and kind of just philosophies to live by. So Kirby, thank you so much for being my guest today. I really appreciate you sharing with us the lessons you've learned, um, your wisdom, your tips for success. You're a great example of someone that gives back through mentoring and creating community programs. And um, I just really appreciate all the insights you have offered us today. So thank you so much. And thank you all for listening to this Mentium Matters podcast. We have many great guests lined up, so be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. For additional resources, you can find show notes on the Mentium website. I look forward to having you all back next time.